are we really free? In a world where we pay such a great price for freedom, we still seem to be prisoners of ourselves, our behaviors, self-destructive habits, fears, enslaving emotions, violent tempers, secret addictions and more. In this message, What is Freedom? We discuss candidly the prisons that all of us face and the power that can truly set us free. Be blessed. We are going to spend three Sundays talking about freedom um, and how we can walk and live in freedom in our lives. And uh, this morning I just want to talk to us about what freedom really is. What is freedom? When we, when we say, you know, are you free? And many of us like to think we are free. But I want us to clearly understand what it means to be free. What is freedom? About 50 years ago, this is back in August of 1963, Martin Luther, uh, I don't want you to confuse him with Martin Luther, of the, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., that would be more appropriate. He stood up there on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in front of maybe 250,000 people, activists, social activists would come together to stand up for the cause of freedom and to denounce racial discrimination in America. And Martin Luther delivered this famous speech that most of us are aware about. I have a dream, he said. And one of the often quoted lines from that speech is this. He said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. This was a turning point in the history of that nation. A speech that altered the course of history. That turned the tides and pulled down the walls of racial discrimination. And, and brought people who once were slaves in equal standing with the rest of the citizens of that country. And Martin Luther closed up that speech with these words that he quoted from a a. a, 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 a a Negro spiritual, he, he quoted these words, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Martin Luther stood up for a very important human rights issue. That of freedom, freedom of citizens in a nation where he called people to an understanding that all are created equal and therefore should have equal access to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And in most nations around the world today, freedom is a prized possession. It is something that is protected. It is something that is valued in most countries. And yet in a world where we pay such a great price for freedom, 
we still have individuals who are prisoners. We ourselves may be prisoners of our own selves, of our compulsive behaviors, of our self-destructive habits. Sometimes these could be enslaving emotions, fears. Sometimes these are violent tempers, secret addictions. So the question that you and I need to ask is, while freedom may be highly valued and protected and treasured, are we as individuals really free? Are you and I really free? So what is this thing called freedom? The fact is, most of us would hesitate to acknowledge that in some way we could be enslaved. Now definitely, we would never use the word addict. Because in our minds, we always think of the drug addict. He's got the problem, not me. But the fact is, if we look a little deeper, a little closer, many of us could actually be addicts. Could actually be slaves. Enslaved sometimes to almost what we could call everyday things of life. We could be addicted sometimes to our cell phones, to email. Maybe our work itself is our addiction. Maybe the accumulation of things, the pursuit of success, achievements. Maybe shopping. We could be addicted to all kinds of things. It was interesting, earlier this year in February 2013, a study was put out where it stated that on an average, a person checks a person checks their mobile phone every six and a half minutes. But can you imagine some of us sitting in church, pastors are not watching? Yeah. We're addicted to the phone. It's the last thing we look at for most of us before we go to sleep. And it's the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning. This little thing. So controlling our lives, influencing our behaviors. But then there could be even some very destructive things that uh, control us, enslave us. Compulsive eating. Or excessive fears about your body image, how you look. An area that many struggle with. The area of sexuality. Enslaving many of us. It doesn't matter who it is. Presidents. CEOs. Leaders of nations. Our 
enslaved by this. Their own sexuality. Serial affairs. Serial dating. Pornography. Compulsive masturbation. and All of these uncontrolled sexual addictions enslave people. They could be work-related things. The drive for power and control. Wanting to be in a place where you always have power. Always have control. It's an addiction. The drive for achievements and accumulation. There could be addictions in the area of entertainment. Compulsive TV. If you don't watch that TV show on Sunday afternoon after church, man. Sunday is not made. Or watching movies, video gaming, shopping. And nowadays, even social media. You have to have your Facebook fix in the morning. How many people have liked your last post? If you didn't get too many likes, you're just okay. The day you get many likes, that's the day you're on top of the world. The whole world likes you. So you think. We don't realize that that thing called Facebook is your master. It's altering your moods. It's affecting your behavior. It's controlling you. There are emotional addictions, seeking approval. When people approve us, we feel good. When somebody says, somebody comes against us in some way, maybe they differ in their viewpoint, that's it. Worry, anxiety, anger, hatred. Lust, unforgiveness and bitterness and fear. All these things are emotional prisons. And they're not very apparent on the outside. You can't see it on the outside. But they could actually be enslaving us and keeping us trapped. And then, of course, there is the area of Substance dependence, whether it's alcohol or drugs or nicotine, we are dependent on these things, and some of us, and we're slaves to that. You know, but the fact is, for the most part, most of us live in denial. Don't even notice I'm lying. We don't even want to acknowledge that actually in this particular area or in these areas of my life, I'm actually enslaved. Don't acknowledge that. I'm in denial. You think you're free, but you're not. I like what psychologist Richard Bach says. He says, the worst lies are the lies we tell ourselves. We live in denial of what we do, even what we think. We do this because we're afraid. Don't want to face up. You say it's okay, but really it's not okay. 
You say, I'm free, but really you're not free. You pretend to be free, but you know the truth. So facing reality, facing up to these things, it requires a lot of courage. It requires a lot of effort to come to the point where you say, you know, yes, I need help. I'm really not free. You know, think about the man who's addicted to his work. You know, there is nothing wrong in working hard. In fact, we must work hard. I encourage every one of us to work hard. But there is a point where work itself can become a master. When work can become an addiction. Because the more you work and the more time you're there, it just gives you a high. You feel good. When you achieve, when you accomplish, when you control, when you influence, when you direct. And, and so work becomes an addiction. We end up what we can call as workaholics. And a workaholic begins to work and he works and he works. And people look at him as a very noble person. I mean, he's, you know, he's spending 14 hours a day at work, 16 hours a day at work. Wow, what a, you know, what a noble thing he's doing. But then at, as he goes after this, his whole world begins to disintegrate around him. Very often it's the family. But then he excuses himself by saying, actually I'm providing for the family, so I'm working hard. Or he might just put the blame on, on his wife or his children. They don't understand what I'm doing for them. And in the process, he's actually getting anesthetized to the fact that his world around him is crumbling. And he's actually become an addict to his work. Nothing can shake him out of that. Until at some point, along the journey, not only begins, not only does he lose things around him, it soon affects him as a person, his character, his, his own personhood begins to disintegrate. In areas where he had moral values, those things seem to fall. And that's when reality strikes home. He awakens to the fact that something has gone wrong in his life. His own life is now affected. His own character is falling apart. He's compromising in areas of morality and, and so on and so forth. And that's when it touches home. It reaches home. But a lot of damage has been done along the journey. So many lives have been affected because of one thing, work addiction. Now, unfortunately... Our society or our corporations don't care. I mean, there is no boss that comes and tells you, you know, hey, you work 12 hours, man. You need to go home. Most bosses will say, you work 12 hours, two hours more won't, won't harm you. you know? So there is this whole collusion of idea in the corporate world that if you work hard, very good. Just work a little harder. So nobody is there to tell you, and look out for you, watch out for you, that the fact that your world is actually falling apart because you're now addicted to your work. I mean, what we don't realize is now we've actually become enslaved to a thing called the computer, the desk, and they're locked inside a cubicle. No different from a prisoner who sits in his cubicle in the jail. Except yours might be air-conditioned. But you're still a prisoner. You're sitting in a cubicle 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours a day. 
so the question is, are you and I really free? What is freedom then? What is freedom? Freedom is the ability to choose what is right and refuse what is wrong. You know, sometimes we have the wrong idea. We think freedom is I can do what I want to do, when I want to do it, have it my way all the time. That's not real freedom. That's not real freedom. Because going along the path, you'll find out. You're actually becoming a bigger slave. Because the things that you thought were giving you freedom and defining your freedom are the very things that are making you a slave. Think about the young boy who goes over to college and he says, okay, now I'm free. I can do what I want to do. My parents are not there to tell me what to do. Nobody's watching me. I'm totally free. And six months later, what does he find? He, he can't live without a few cigarettes a day. He can't live without a few pegs a day. Maybe he's on drugs. So is he really free? He just ended up becoming a bigger slave. So that is not freedom. Freedom is the power to choose what is right and refuse what is wrong. If you and I lose the ability to choose the right and refuse the wrong, we've lost our freedom. In every area of life where I do not have the ability to say no to what is wrong, in those areas, I am actually a slave. I'm not really free. If I'm in some sort of compulsive, physical and psychological dependence on anything, Habit, emotion, whatever. And if I'm continuing in these things, even when I know it's wrong, and I'm unable to put it off, I'm actually a slave to that. Society may say, wow, how free he is. He can smoke five packs a day. What, a, what freedom. Nobody's telling him not to do it. There's only one problem. The packs are telling him, don't stop. And he has lost the ability to stop. He's a slave. So these next three Sundays, starting with today. Today we're just defining what is freedom. But the next two Sundays we're going to talk about personal freedom. Free to be me. And then the third Sunday, 20th, 27th, we're going to talk about emotional freedom. Where we don't have to be emotionally in bondage either. We don't want to be slaves in any area of our emotional lives either. You know, sometimes people think, well, the real problem is you lack willpower. You lack willpower. But you know, willpower is only as good as to the point you don't do it the first time. Because the moment you've done it the first time, from then on, you're weaker than you were before. You did it. Because now you've tasted it. So willpower in itself is not the answer. Willpower in itself is not going to protect you and me from all of these things. 
and in our world around us, there are so many people who are enslaved to all kinds of things. They may be very religious, but in the office they are falling prey to extramarital affairs and one after the other. Very religious people, but, but they're slaves in another area. They may be good people doing a lot of good things, but they're slaves to pornography or other kinds of things. So willpower is not enough. What I want us to understand this morning as we just begin this journey of understanding what it means to be really free and how to be free is I want us to understand not only what is freedom, freedom really is, but also the root cause. It goes deeper than the behavior. It goes deeper than the emotion. It goes deeper than the pleasure that somebody receives from a, from a habit or from, a, from doing something or the thing that alters the person's mood and gives them a high. It goes beyond that. What we must understand, that underneath all of these things that control us, the underlying cause, the root cause is a thing the Bible calls as sin. And if we don't accept it, we will never be willing to walk out into liberty, into freedom. That actually sin is what's controlling me. Temptation always makes a person, is, is intended to make a person a slave to sin. The Bible says this in James. It says, each one is tempted when he's drawn by his own desires. But when uh, lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. So temptation stirs up my desires. And when I'm enticed, when I give in to that, it leads me into sin. That's the ultimate thing. I'm becoming a slave to this thing called, the Bible calls, a sin. And sin is always devastating. It ruins our lives as individuals. It ruins our relationship with God, with the very God who has uh, designed us for freedom. And it also alters my eternal destiny. I'm going to end up in a place called hell. So sin is a very serious thing. And every one of us are affected by this. The Bible says, in Romans 5, 12, that through one man's sin entered the world and death passed on all, for all have sinned. All have sinned. Romans 5 and verse 12. All of us have sinned. Jesus said this in John 8 and verse 34. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Whoever commits sin is a slave. Of sin. Sin's intent is to dominate, to enslave. It presents itself as something very pleasurable, but it ends up making us slaves. In Proverbs, it Proverbs paints this picture of a man being tied up in the cords of his sin. Sin is like this cord that the wraps a person, ties them up. He's helpless, can't do anything more. So the root of all of these things we're talking about is this thing called sin, which actually enslaves us. And sin spares nobody, neither the rich nor the poor, neither the, uneducated, neither the educated nor the uneducated. 
I remember earlier this year, we were in a certain part of our country where we were ministering to people there. They were mainly, you know, from the villages. We were talking to them, ministering to them, and and in our minds, you know, there's a team, we're looking at them, at them, and in our minds, we thought, you know, the problems they face may be very different from what we face in the city. Maybe they don't, you know, their main problem, maybe just how to keep body and soul together, how to get a scram meal a day, how to just, you know, have some money to go through the day. And that's what, you know, I was thinking. And we were thinking. And so maybe, you know, in the cities where we talk about, you know, uh, sexuality and sexual problems, and these people, like, they couldn't care about their sex life. You know, that's not a problem. They're just thinking of money and food. Now, during the break time, one of those people just said, I want to talk to you. So they took me aside. So I went and sat down quietly. So and I was very surprised. Now in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, maybe he's going to talk to me about, you know, how, do I, how can I earn some money? How can I take care of my family? Maybe he's going to talk about those things. But we went sat down there and here this man, he says, you know, and he was trying to go out and minister to people. And he said, you know, my problem is that I've fallen into sin. I went to minister to this woman and I ended up sinning with her. And he mentioned a few cases where his main problem was not money, was not food was the fact that he was a slave to his sexual desires, that he was committing sin in that area. And it dawned on me, he said, you know, this thing called sin doesn't spare anybody. Whether you're in the city or whether you're out there in the village, people are enslaved to some of the very same things. So we shouldn't fool ourselves sitting here in the city thinking, you know, Ah, these problems won't affect me. Now they affect everybody. Rich or poor, educated or uneducated, these things affect all of us. And at the root is this thing called sin. So the real solution that we must pursue over the next few Sundays is to find a solution saying, look, the real solution is a solution that will address this issue of sin in my life. It's not about just turning a new leaf. It's not about embracing a new philosophy. It's not about uh, trying out something new. It's about someone who can help you deal with the root issue of sin in your life and in my life. That's the one who can set us free from what's happening. Jesus talked about the story of the prodigal son. He talked about a father who had two sons and the younger son wanted to experience real freedom. And so one day he came to the father and said, Father, just give me all the money. I want to be really free. So he took his share of whatever the father gave him and he went off on a long journey as far as he could away from the father's house. He probably changed his cell phone number, changed his email ID, Facebook page, everything. I don't want them to know where I am, what I'm doing. I want real freedom. Come far away. I have money. I'm really free. Six months later, I don't know, a few months later, the money he had was gone. And all he could find himself in is a prison. All the money he had was Dissipated, now we're going to sit in a prison of hopelessness, despair, 
enslaving addictions. Nothing to look forward to in life. Feeding pigs just to survive. Until one day he came to his senses and he said, I must go back to my father. It was a long road, but that was a road he had to take for freedom. And I believe it's true in all of our lives that we have gone away from God in our pursuit of what we thought was freedom. But we need to come to our senses and understand, you know, I'm really not free. Freedom is in the Father's house. Freedom is in the place where I was designed to be. In God's house. In God's family. Some of us may need to take that road to freedom. Back to the Father. I conclude with the promises Jesus gave us. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You continue in my word. You become my disciple. You know what? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The road to freedom is, get into my word, become my disciple, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Become my disciple. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. And he gave us this assurance in verse John 8, verse 36. He said, if the Son will set you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son will set you free, you will be free indeed. And I know sitting here, many of you can talk about areas where Jesus Christ set you free. Maybe you are bound to different things in your life and Jesus set you free. And you can say, you know what? I'm really free. I experience freedom in this area because Jesus set me free. But it's quite possible that this morning sitting here, Father's house, for all of us, in every area of our lives, there's a road that takes us into real freedom. He said, if you know, you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples. Then you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, please. I call the worship team up here. When I lose the ability... To choose what is right and say no to what is wrong, I lose my freedom. What is freedom? It's to have that ability intact. To have the power to say yes to what's right and no to what's wrong. Are you really free? This morning, I just want to point us to Jesus Christ. Jesus is very different from other religions. He's very different from other gurus or teachers or leaders or spiritual leaders. Because while they all may tell you that you need to live a better life, Jesus is the only one who says, I can break the power of sin in your life 
He's the only one who says, I can set you free. He's the only one who can make you and me new people. Who can enter any and every area of our lives and change us. No matter where we are today. As you and I stand here this morning. Would you and I have the courage to face up to the truth. To come out of denial. To come to the truth. To say, yes, Jesus, there are areas in my life. Maybe it's one area. Maybe it's a few areas. Jesus, I'm actually a slave. Could you lead me down the road to freedom? Could you set me free? Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, please. Would you take, the mo- take this moment to come true to yourself and Talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, I am actually a slave. I want you to set me free. I want you to deal with the root issue, which is the issue of sin. That sin is actually controlling me. And I don't want to deny it. I want to accept it. Could you help me, Jesus? Would you pray that prayer this morning? Just calling out to Jesus from your heart. And I know he will do it. He's done it in the lives of many people here. And I don't know he will do it for you. I know he will do it. But you need to call out to him. Come out of denial and say, yes, Jesus. I'm enslaved in these areas of my life. Would you be so willing to come and set me free? Jesus, we just invite you by your Holy Spirit to come and bring conviction and do what only you can do, God, which no sermon can do, which no preaching can do. Where you come into the very hearts of people. And God, you bring that holy conviction. You cause us to come to our senses, oh God. This is only what you can do. So come, Lord, even now. Set us free. Set us free, God. Set us free. Set us free, Set us free. Deal with the roots of the problem. Deal with the root of the problem. Which is sin in our lives. 
This morning, if we feel in your hearts that you would want to pray and say, Jesus, break the power of sin over my life and set me free. I want to be in your hands. If you want to pray that prayer, I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer right now. I want you to pray it after me. Is asking the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died for us on the cross, who rose up from the dead, who's alive today. You just want to feel in your heart that you want to pray and say, Jesus, break the power of sin over my life. Come set me free. And I want you to just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a slave. But I know you died to set me free. Lord Jesus, break the power of sin over my life and set me free. I'm receiving my freedom. Jesus Christ sets me free from the power of sin. Sin has no place in me. Sin has no control over me. Jesus Christ sets me free. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're faithful. You're the one who breaks every chain. It's in your name we announce freedom to the captives. It's in your name we proclaim liberty to those who are bound. Because you're the one who really sets us free. In every area of our lives, you reign. You rule. And where your kingdom is, there is liberty. Where you rule, there is liberty. We thank you, O oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 We're going to come back next Sunday. We're going to talk about free to be me. How personally at an individual level, areas of our behavior and areas of our actions we can experience and walk in freedom so once you come back next time as we kind of get a little deeper into this bring your friends invite people who know who need this help amen god bless you all have a great sunday and a great week let's close in with the benediction the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you the lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great day. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.